Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, which aims to advance gospel-centered youth ministry by equipping and empowering youth ministers to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ. The Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference Podcast, the Rooted Parent Podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. To learn more, visit www.rootedministry.com. I'm your host, Davis Lacey. It's getting late in May, which means for many of our listeners, youth group activities are going to be winding down. And that leaves many of us asking, how can we minister to teenagers in an informal, non-program-driven way over the summer? Many of us might also be asking, how can we help other generations join us in that work? I'm joined on the podcast today by a special guest whose perspective is going to be helpful in making sense of these questions. Cam Potts serves as senior pastor at LaGrange Baptist Church in LaGrange, Kentucky. And prior to that role, he served for 10 years as the family pastor to students at LaGrange Baptist. He's married to Carrie Lynn, and together they have three children, Cooper, Libby, and Emmett. Cam, welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Davis, thanks so much, man. I'm really excited about this conversation. Hey, man, I don't know if your name is uh, is Seabiscuit, uh, but you, know, you may not have won a Kentucky Derby in your day, but... Uh, just in the pre-notes of our podcast today, man, I'm really excited about talking with you. You seem like a champion guest. So thank you for making time to join us. Oh, I'm excited, man. I definitely don't have the, the knownness of any of those kinds of names, but this is is an exciting topic. It'll be good. Awesome, bro. Um, well, before we get into just talking through intergenerational integration, um, I I just want to know a little bit more about you. I'm sure our listeners would as well. You are pastoring the same congregation in which you grew up, in which you first met Jesus back in your youth ministry days when you were a teenager. How does that feel? Well, I love it. It's, there's a lot of words I could use to describe it. I, I came to know Christ through the student ministry at this church when I was in, right before I started high school. And then just was discipled through the people here, through informal and formal ways, and just grew in my faith in a lot of ways through the student ministry and through the church as a whole. And then, like you mentioned, um, when after college, when I graduated college, I started as the student pastor here for 10 years. In the past year and a half, I've been, sen- been senior pastor. And it's extremely surreal. It's really stretching. I, you and I were talking earlier, and I just, this is not a story I ever would have written on my own. Mm. And so it's, it's just such a privilege. I do not deserve, man. I, one of the things that's interesting is our people are not impressed with me as much as I would <laughs> maybe want them to be. The, they can say, I knew you when, and I, I knew you when you were doing these goofy things in high school, or when you came to our church one time and you were in the nursery as a baby, I changed your diaper. And it, okay, that's very helpful. Thank you for bringing that up. Awesome. <laughs> um, but man, God's kindness and patience has been evident through our people. And it's just, I'm learning a lot, but it's a really joyful and growing season of ministry for me and for our church. So it's, it's awesome. I love that part of it, man. That's incredible. I, uh, you know, our stories have some overlap in that my wife yeah. and I moved back to our hometown and we planted a church, but we planted a church. So we're dealing with a lot of folks that, you know, haven't been part of a church in this community before. Hmm. I don't think that anybody is coming to our church currently that has changed my diaper, but I'm sure now that I've said <laughs> that 
you know, the Lord's going to bring bring three new households, all of which were my nursery That's right. workers. Uh, it's going to happen. It's going to help cultivate <laughs> humility in your life and oh. help you not think yourself more highly than you ought to. Look, bro, I already I already feel like the Lord has given me plenty of opportunities to realize <laughs> how much I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, that's right. I'm with yeah. you, man. I'm so with you. That's a separate, fake... separate podcast topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude, I'd love to talk with you a little bit about your experience in youth ministry at LaGrange Baptist. Just, just what were your experiences like as a youth pastor in the church where you were once a member of the youth group? And man, specifically, I'd love to go ahead and start setting the stage for talking about intergenerational integration. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you doing to try to integrate teenagers into life of the church as a whole? And, and maybe talk through a little bit about where was that easy and where was that kind of an, an uphill climb? Where was that difficult? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I was in that role for 10 years and just as kind of a big picture comment, it was I, I stepped into that role with just a, an excitement and a, and a passion because I knew the the places those students were growing up in. I knew the schools they were going to. I knew um, just the community that we live in since I was in those same places. So I just was really excited to step into it. And then when it comes into comes to that term, the idea of integrating teenagers into the congregation and intergenerational stuff, I would say that was a over those ten years a really slow learning process for me, a lot of trial and error. And and over those 10 years, that value was growing in my own heart and life. So it wasn't just some kind of theory I was coming with, but it was something the the Lord was doing in my own life that I wanted to also see grow in our student ministry. And I would say as far as where did it come easily, there was a foundation for the youth pastor before me, who was my youth pastor when I was a student. His name was Lyle, huge mentor and influence for me. He had already kind of laid the foundation there for that kind of value and for that kind of goal. And even our pastoral team and our felt like our whole church just wanted that in different ways. And so my familiarity with those things and then my familiarity with the people and with the ministries provided some level of ease there. But the difficulty of it was I felt like I was always fighting against this desire to try to program that, Mm. to try to just... All right, well, if we could just start this program or start this event, then maybe that would happen. That would have felt more efficient and quicker to me. But I think learning to instead to just pray for it and look for ways to grow that value within what we were already doing as a student ministry and as a church required patience that I didn't want to have, but it ended up producing much more lasting fruit than if I would have had my way at the beginning. But it's also one of those things, man, that I don't feel like you ever arrive. The work is work with that is never done, like in all things in ministry. Uh, but it was it was a huge learning experience. And we saw a lot of exciting fruit from that during my time in student ministry as well. But we're still seeing that. We're still yeah. seeing that. Give me an example of some of that, man. What what does that fruit look like just in terms of what you're seeing? Yeah, so I think some of it is, um, and, and we, we might speak to some of this, some of these uh, concepts later as well, but I think okay. some of the things we're seeing is some of those relationships that we were trying to connect with, between students and other generations within our church have produced some longevity with students as far as their faith and their, their walk with the Lord in, the, in a local church, whether that's our local church or another one. Um, and so I think it's being able to see people that are in seasons of life ahead of them helps them see what it's like to walk with Christ outside of their current season. And so I think it's helped them see, yeah, I can, I want to pursue Christ for life, not just in high school or not just in middle school. And so I think some of that, that longevity from students, and I could point to specific students and this one over here is walking with the Lord as a teacher. This one over here is walking with the Lord as he's working in this job or pursuing this degree. 
Um, and so that longevity is really key. But then other just ways that we've tried to never build up silos within our ministries, student ministry, children's ministry, worship ministry, but have overlap and connection between all of them. And just the foundation and unity that comes from that has been a sweet thing for our church to experience too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, which is a great segue into the next question I've got, which, which is, you know, we've heard about your experience as a youth pastor or as a family pastor to students. Um, so in the senior pastor role now, what does it look like for you to lead the charge for intergenerational integration? It seems like you understand that it's really important that uh, a pastoral team be on board with this and leading the church into this direction. Um, why do you feel like that's important? And why do you feel like it's an important priority in your ministry today? I think as far as leading the charge, I definitely don't see it as something I'm running out front and trying to get everybody to jump on board. I really think our whole pastoral team is united in this this effort with our pastors and elders. And, and I think the key part of that is our relationships with one another and, and our relationships with our people set the tone for this in our church. So if we as pastors and leaders are only hanging out with people of our same generation or walk of life, then we're communicating something mm. about the church that's not true. And mm. so we want to model, we've tried to model that, not perfectly, but model that in our own interactions and in our own relationships. So I feel like we're walking together as a team to try to champion this. And like I mentioned earlier, if if we got out in front of our church and said, hey, we 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 want to see this intergenerational integration happen and they they would probably say yeah we do too we we want that uh, and so I, it's not something that we're trying to harp on but it's something we're certainly trying to sharpen and in our church it's interesting we did this kind of breakdown of our membership a while back and exactly 50% of our church was below the age of 50 and 50% was above the age of 50 and so we've had we have this really good balance of different generations so we've just tried to keep this priority and that picture in front of us as we plan ministry events, as we evaluate programs and figure out ways we can continue to integrate different generations, even as in the way we prepare sermons, not just what we preach on, but how we preach on it. Are we preaching in a way that acknowledges all the generations in our church or just the ones that are in our same lane or just the older ones? Who are we preaching to? But the reason that we're trying to do all that practical stuff is because I think this is hugely important because I think it's what the gospel creates. I think the gospel creates a new family. It creates this kind mm. of community. And I think the Bible expects it. The Bible assumes it, that this is the norm in our churches of generations rubbing elbows with each other in the name of Christ. So I, what we've tried to communicate is that that key point of the gospel is the foundation of our unity. The gospel is the foundation of our identity as Christians. That it's not our age, it's not what clothes we think are in style or not in style, what music we think is good or not good, what trends we think are popular or not popular, but the foundation of our identity as Christians is the gospel. Therefore, the foundation of our unity as a church is the gospel. So the, keeping that central and keeping that in, in the right uh, focus, I think helps cultivate in natural, organic ways some of that intergenerational relationships and, and ministry that are there. Does that make sense? It, man, it makes total sense. I really appreciate the the visible, tangible fruit of the gospel that mm. if um, we, you know, depraved sinners have been brought into unity with a holy and righteous God through the work of Christ, um, it makes sense that some of the 
you know, overflow of that new theological unity mm-hmm. is is going to be a very fleshy unity between generations that don't yeah. look or talk or, you know, aren't interested in the same things. What a great picture that um, you know, who unites us is greater than any kind of surface level differences that might divide us. So yeah, that, I, I, that's a great I, way to say it, man. That's a great way to say it. It reminds me of like what Paul says in Second Corinthians 5, where he's talking about we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, but we regard him thus no longer. That's good. And so I think if we regard Christ according to uh, heavenly and biblical categories, that means we now view each other with those same kind, of, same kind of categories. Not that we ignore our ages and never do student ministry or never do focus thing for this age group, but that those things aren't the foundational piece of our unity as a church. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I really appreciate this conversation that we're having. I want to dive into some uh, kind of practical, maybe application points of of these big picture trends that we're talking about. Before we do, let me take a brief pause and uh, we'll pick up this conversation after we hear a word from the sponsor of today's episode. Hey there, I'm Anna Mead Harris, and along with Rooted's chairman, Cameron Cole, I host the Rooted Parent Podcast. We feature conversations that equip parents to understand the teenagers they love and to build a grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated family. We're often joined by seasoned parenting experts who provide invaluable practical advice. Voices such as Jasmine and Philip Holmes, Paul David Tripp, Tish Harrison-Warren, and John and Susan Yates. You can find the Rooted Parent Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts or by visiting rootedministry.com. I hope you'll give us a listen. But for now, back to our show from the Rooted Family of Podcasts. All right, Cam, continuing our conversation about integrating teenagers into the life of the body of Christ as a whole, alongside of other generations of, of different ages, different stages. Um, I think about where we are as we're recording this podcast and where this podcast is going to be published. It's uh, it's late May. And so for many of us who are working in youth ministry or many of us who have children, especially teenagers, we're thinking about summer. And we're thinking mm-hmm. about summer being a time that you know youth groups are going to be slowing down and maybe adopting a little bit more laid back rhythms. Maybe um, it's just more about hanging out rather than going through teaching and, and Bible study. Maybe we're going to take the summers off from meeting. For many of us in our contexts, youth ministry is going to look different. It's going to look a lot less formal and it's yeah. going to look a lot less program driven. And I see this as a great opportunity for our listeners to take baby steps uh, towards intergenerational integration. Yeah. So a couple questions I've got for you here. Uh, and, and I'll ask the first one during the summer when youth groups may not be meeting as regularly. How can youth ministers help their students find community and relationship with other segments of the church? That's a great question. Uh, summer is such a unique time in student ministry. There's so much about it that is like this concentrated busyness and chaos. Mm-hmm. And then these periods of just uh, deadness and slowness um, at times as you're in between school years. But I think the first thing I would say is, and this connects to what I was talking about earlier with our pastoral team is I would say take time to just kind of think about your own ministry relationships and friendships within your church. Because we want to, like I mentioned, we want to model this value for our students and for our churches. So maybe that means that you as a youth pastor, you as a youth minister, are starting to have lunch meetings with people of different generations. 
and not just uh, students or not just parents. So those you don't stop those things, but but you begin to think about okay, who who can I have lunch meetings with that'll help me grow in this? Who can I who am I praying for? Am I only praying for people? like me and in my direct ministry circle, or am I praying for multiple generations that are reflected within our church? Who are you talking to before or after church? Are you talking to the same people or your same friends or same students? Or are you talking to all different generations? So I think the, the pause, some of the pause of summer and the different rhythms of summer can give us an opportunity, opportunity to um, evaluate those things. And then I think some of the summer events and some of the just change up of summer can also help you connect people in your church that aren't normally connected during the school year. I'm thinking of like leaders and volunteer roles. So maybe you use this time to where you can put your students around various generations of people through some type of leadership role, whether it's helping with some event that you're doing, driving for a mission trip that you're going on, Mm. um, help preparing a meal for some kind of hangout night that you're having at a church member's house or something. So Again, I'm not advocating for starting some whole new thing, but how can we weave this value into things that we're already going to be doing? That's good. That's really putting people around your students that are one season ahead, two seasons ahead, five seasons ahead in ways that are accessible for everyone involved, the student and the the leader. Does that make sense? That's really good, man. And I really appreciate the vision you cast of like, hey, You've got camps, you've got mission trips, you've got, you know, if if you're anything like me when you were a youth pastor, you were automatically signed up for like double duty on VBS week because you were doing VBS <laughs> right. and then you were doing like the VBS after party for teenagers, whatever. Right. So um, busy. it's not an issue of being busy. It's just there's kind of some some extra margin. I love yes. the way that you cast it of like, hey, a great starting point is just as simple as who for volunteer roles you're going to have to fill anyway, you know. Think about different folks that you can bring into that, specifically folks who are of different generations. I really yes, appreciate exactly. the simplicity there, man. Um, here's the second question I've got along the same lines. Uh, those are a couple of great suggestions you gave uh, for those who are serving in student ministry roles, but you've articulated it so well. You're living proof that um, a church's journey into intergenerational integration is not just something a youth pastor can accomplish. Uh, mm-hmm. It takes the whole church, and specifically, it takes a unified, uh, intentional pastoral leadership team. So I'd love for you to put yourself back in the shoes of Campot's student pastor, right? Mm-hmm. And then imagine you're coming to Campot's senior pastor. What, As a senior pastor, what would you love to hear from your youth pastor um, to maybe get spurred into taking the next step as a church into intergenerational integration during the summer months. Does that question make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I think, I think a starting point would be one, just kind of sitting down and knowing the makeup of your own church, because every church is going to have a different kind of generational makeup than, than other churches. Some will have, Huge diversity. Some will be concentrated in younger or older, or so. So I think just sitting down to take time to know your own church, so that you have time to think through what's realistic and sustainable at your church. The this biblical value never goes away and never changes, but the way it shows up at our different churches, there there's very there's variant there and there's there's um, flexibility there. It's well said. So I, I I think that just taking time to think through that, even before you have that conversation, can be helpful. But then I think. When you approach the conversation, I think some key discussion points would be one that the biblical foundation that that you and I have talked about of the unity of the gospel, 
the way Scripture talks about the benefit of one generation declaring to the next generation the, the works of God and all these different passages that, that we could look at. Not that you go in preaching at your senior pastor. I don't know how well that would go over. Um, and so it's not so much, hey, we need to do this. It's just the more of, hey, th- I think this would be something that would have huge benefit for the longevity of our students' faith as we help them walk with Christ for a lifetime, not just in this one stage of their lives. I think this is something that would have huge benefit for the health of our church, both in the present and in the future. And even as you seek in your student ministry to integrate it in different ways, to to have these different generational relationships and things that are programmed and things that are not programmed, invite your pastoral team, senior pastor, worship pastor, who whatever your team looks like, invite them to come join it. Invite them to watch. Invite them to to participate. Because the more we can walk through this together as a pastoral team, the more it kind of is contagious to the whole church. And as as we walk in Christ with this kind of value together. But overall, I would just say work together to find ways that your students can serve in roles and be involved in things within the whole church, not just in student ministry roles. It's good. And so go in asking questions like that, not just making statements about mm. things that you think you can change. Mm. And I think that helps create a discussion rather than just a um, a soapbox or perception of a soapbox. Yeah, um, that's but, great. But I think just be patient, man. I think it it takes time to grow. We're still trying to, trying to figure out a lot of ways to do this at our church, but we just know like this is good for our people. This brings glory to Jesus. So we want to stay this course and pray for the Lord to bring about fruit as we endure and, and keep plodding. Amen. Hey, this was a, uh, this is going to be a, you know, a curveball. I should have asked you this question in our, right. in our pre-show notes and didn't. Um, but hopefully it's not super complicated sure. as you're thinking through learning and growing and processing, man, are there any resources that jump off uh, at the top of your mind that have given you a passion for, or helped you hone that passion for intergenerational integration that you would recommend to our audience? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, there's a couple, two or three books that I would think of. I'll list those first and then another another resource at the end. So maybe four different things. Uh, Perfect. The, the first one that I would mention, and I promise I'm not getting some kind of kickback to say this, but the, the Rooted's book, Gospel-Centered uh, Youth Ministry, was really key uh, for me in, in helping me think through uh, this concept. There's a chapter in there on this very topic that is extremely helpful and just kind of laying the biblical foundation. I think it's the chapter, I think Dave Wright wrote that chapter maybe. Um, and it, it's extremely helpful. Um, and then the second book is a book called Faith That Last by John Nielsen. I haven't, I haven't heard much about this book and talking with other student pastors, but it is really good, man, on just thinking through how do we cultivate an enduring faith in our students. And one of the key factors is intergenerational relationships. Mm. Um, and then another one that's related to this, it's called Practical Family Ministry by Timothy Paul Jones. And in that book, he lays out it it does hold true to its title that it's extremely practical, but but it also has this concept of from scripture, the church is a family, and the family is in some ways a small church. So how do we walk forward together holding both of these values out? The church being a family, the family being a church, and intergenerational relationships is a huge part of that. Um, but then the the last thing I would say that's not so much like a book, but more of just an experience is I just can't emphasize enough the value of putting yourself around 
all kinds of different generations in your church. Like as I've had conversations with senior adults in our church and have now done uh, participated in funerals for them and watched them um, age and endure so much difficulty. And, and as, as now as I hang around my kids' friends and younger generations, there's just nothing that that grows that desire in you more than than watching generations interact with each other and doing it yourself. So I just think I I can't. I know I've said that multiple times, but I just can't emphasize taking this step to kind of maybe have to embrace the awkwardness a little bit, but but it, it's so worth it and it will grow your that value in your heart in ways that you just haven't even thought about yet, man. So that, that would be a key one for me too. There's anything that we youth ministry veterans are good at, it is embracing the awkwardness. <laughs> that's exactly right. The awkward silence, the awkward conversations. That's a perfect point, Davis. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> if, if nothing else, man, I feel like those who are listening to this podcast have already gotten a crash course in the number one <laughs> skill. Exactly. You know, love, Jesus exactly and embra- right. love Jesus and embrace the awkward. It's, uh, no doubt. It probably, probably doesn't sell like the love Jesus, love people t-shirts, but um, I feel like it's probably just as theologically rich and... I, would I agree, that man. T-shirt. That's that's that the shirt. theme for the next rooted conference. Love that's Jesus, the the embrace conference. the awkward. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh man, uh, Cam, I can't thank you enough, man. This has been a really helpful conversation, and and even you know just even thinking through things from a, a lead pastor's or a senior pastor's perspective with you, I'm I'm encouraged as I lead our church into the summer on maybe some steps that I can take to help us uh, continue to step into intergenerational integration. Um, I know that our listeners are probably feeling the same way and and maybe they've got some follow-up questions or maybe they want to follow some of the stuff that you've uh, written for Rooted or, or or whatever it may be. Man, can we, is there a way that you can uh, let us know how we can connect with you and and follow you and, and learn more about your ministry and keep this conversation going? Where can we connect with you? Yeah, that'd be great. So um, our church website is lagrangebaptist.com and you can like contact me directly through our church website. Uh, would be a great way if you want to. I'm. I would love to have conversations about this with anyone that wants to grow in this. Not that I have all the answers, but just thinking out loud about it um, can be really helpful. Um, so that'd be the key way. And then even if you want to just email me directly, my email is cpots at lagrangebaptist.com. There's different social media things I'm on, but I'm not posting anything profound or any. I'm pretty much on there to uh, learn from other people that are much smarter than I am. Um, so those would be the two key ways to reach out and connect if you want to talk further. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. I know that you're busy and I know that you've got a thousand and one things to do on your to-do list. As you said, the work of ministry is never done, man. I can't thank you enough for joining us on today's episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. It was a real privilege, man. Thanks for this conversation. I loved every part of it. My pleasure. And, uh, we'll look forward to having you back on the podcast sometime down the road. Sounds great, Davis. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you, Cam. And uh, listeners, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Hey, if you found this helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving us five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, visit rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for providing the music for this podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Rooted, my name is Davis Lacey. Thanks for listening to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Mm -hmm.